Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. In order for any business to succeed, it must first become a system so that the business functions exactly the same way every time down to the last detail. And that is a quote by Rick Harshow. And it will become abundantly clear when you listen to my guest and what his zone of genius is, why I picked that quote. But before I introduce Scott Joe White, I want to welcome you again to The Profitable Photographer. And I would love to help you start your year off right. Or if you're listening in July, I still may have some opportunities for this, which is to give you a absolutely free, either price list or website review. So if you want to send me an email to lucy at lucydumas.com, lucy with an I, or Facebook message me with the request, feel free to do so. I would love that. All right. So my guest today is Scott Joseweit. His very simple bio, he didn't, you know, write me 40 pages. <laughs> he likes to keep it simple, is that he was a former seventh grade special ed math teacher turned wedding photographer. And he has been earning six figures for the past five years. And he loves to work with other photographers to help their dreams come true. First of all, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Lucy. It's great to be here and I'm excited to talk to you today and your audience about some things that hopefully will be helpful to them and bring them a new perspective on some things that maybe they haven't thought about. Yeah. What's the title of your program or what you're all about? Systems and something? <laughs> so uh, I run a Facebook group called Purpose and Process. Um, okay. and it's all about creating you know, systems for photographers so that that they can be successful and reach that success a little bit faster. Great. So when I saw that you have that group, I was like, hey, I need to know more about this. And so quite possibly my group does as well. So first off, how did you get started in photography? But before I say that, I want to say teacher of seventh grade has to be to me, the hardest, <laughs> most uh, heroic job ever. So being a teacher of seventh grade, oh my gosh, you deserve a medal for that, Scott. So tell me how you went from that to being a wedding photographer. Yeah, it's definitely not the conventional path, although I've heard of quite a few photographer, uh, quite a few teachers turned photographers, um, which was interesting. But yeah, I uh, always wanted to be a teacher growing up and did that and lived that dream for a while. And uh, while I was teaching, um, basically, I kind of came about photography uh, through a girl I was dating at the time and thought it was just going to be a little side hobby until I got asked to shoot a wedding, just like everyone else has said. And, you know, the rest is kind of history from there. And I always said, you know, of course, I'm never going to photograph people, uh, I'm never going to do a wedding. And uh, yeah, just uh, shortly after I did the first, I did the second and it just kept rolling from there. So mm. it was definitely not what I had envisioned or anything, but I can't imagine myself doing anything else now. Yes. And um, 
the the math is I taught math and that kind of really was helpful for me building out the business end of things. And that's what helped me kind of reach uh, profit a lot sooner than I think a lot of people typically do. And that's what really kind of helped uh, kickstart my photography career. So if somebody wants to get some good basics, become a seventh grade special ed math teacher for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, you, you might lose your mind in the process, but uh, yeah. it's, it's a small price to pay. <laughs> yeah. So I can see how there are some skills you learned that would be helpful in wedding photography. Can you think of some? Yeah, it's, it's basically a controlled chaos of children in a classroom <laughs> to controlled chaos of adults at a wedding venue. Um, yeah. It is honestly kind of similar. Um, and it's something I never really thought about until I was doing it for a few times. And I went, hey, there's kind of some similarities here. You know, the teacher in the classroom kind of guides the, you know, the children as to what's going on and happening next. And um, informs them of what's going to be happening. And that's what we do as photographers at the wedding, you know, or when we're directing families uh, for different family photos or directing the bride and groom for portraits, you know, all of these different parts of the day, it's kind of organized chaos. And we kind of have to help try to keep it that organized and not just pure chaos. Right. And I'm thinking about how with weddings, one of the tools that we really have to have is patience and also being able to think creatively and technically all at the same time. So I can see a parallel with that as well. Yeah, You really have to be able to adapt and go with the flow of things and realize that whatever your plan was, it may not always happen. um, But what comes out of it may actually be better sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of have to not necessarily always let go, but let go of the reins just a little bit to be able to be open to the possibilities of what else may be. Right. I worked in a children's store for two years. Before that, I worked at an ice cream store. Before that, I babysat. So uh, for me, my children's photography is probably much easier than it might be for many people because it's that same managed chaos and keeping that patience that I actually love. I don't know about you, but with weddings and with kids, do you find that the energy, the excitement, the wildness, a little bit of unpredictability is actually exciting for you? How do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. For me, I I need some unpredictability. I I kind of like not always knowing what's going to happen or, you know, what even I can do to control it because a lot of the times it's out of my hands. And I kind of like just being able to react or kind of anticipate, you know, hey, what's going to happen next and just kind of roll with the punches. It's what makes weddings so exciting. You never know what's going to happen and everyone's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So my first official question is this. Your weddings start at 3,900 and I know a lot of people listening and a lot of people that I come in contact with would think, well, that won't work in my area. <laughs> so do you think it's true? Do you think it's easier in York, Pennsylvania than other places to command big money for weddings? Well, I'll, I'll say the first misconception is, is that 3,900 is a lot of money um, because that's my, it's my lowest starting point. You know, that's my base 
uh, get your foot in the door. Um, but most of my couples book around 6,000 and many of them even book for, end up spending over 10 to 12K with me in the end. Um, and that's not every client, but I do have a bunch of clients every year that do hit that number. Um, and I really do think a lot of it comes down to how you sell yourself, um, how you communicate with your couples, and there's, there's just so many other factors that go into it. Um, I don't live in a very big town. It's, it's pretty rural where I am. And uh, I certainly never thought before that I would be at the point that I'm at now. And so I highly encourage anyone who, you know, hear, hears these numbers and goes, oh, that could never happen, not in my town. Um, I, I would say it's most certainly doable in your town. Um, the first part of that is getting your mindset right that it is doable because anything's possible. And then also trying and figuring out different ways to get to that point. And it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and it's not going to be a, this tactic or strategy, uh, flip a switch and all the changes are made and you're there. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's definitely a process that takes time. And uh, that's really what I try to help photographers do is understand that uh, there's a process behind everything. There needs to be a purpose behind how you're going about things. And when you do that, that's when you really start to see your business elevate and you can start charging prices that, you know, you'll be much more happier with. So what's an example of purpose when you're setting yourself up as a wedding photographer? Sure. I think the big thing is, is you have to kind of decide what's, how do you want to serve clients? Do you want to be very involved in that process um, as far as like helping them throughout the wedding process? Or do you want to be a little bit more hands-off? Um, it's, there's a lot of different ways to run your business and no, there's no specific way that's right or wrong. Um, it's your business and that's the beauty of it. But you really have to start with determining you know, how are you going to serve your clients, whether that's more of a hands-off approach, because maybe they hire planners all the time, or maybe it's more of a hands-on approach because you like to kind of help guide them throughout that process. And so once you can kind of identify that, and you can then clearly articulate that to your couples, that, hey, this is what I do, and this is how I can kind of help you along that journey, that helps show them how you're going to be showing up for them. And once they can see how you're going to show up for them, they can start to decide if that's going to be a good fit for them or not, because it's not going to be great for every single person, but the right clients are going to find you and identify with that and say, yes, that's exactly what we've been looking for. And I think we'd like to do work with you. Okay. So let me see if I can summarize that. So the first step is, defining your purpose. So how you want to serve people, kind of get the paint the whole picture of the business model, the style, etc. Right? Is it, am I on track with that? Yeah, yep, you're on track. And then when you get really clear about that, then you're able to communicate it. And it will magnetize the clients that you want to work with that would love to work with you strongly. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to start off and kind of say, hey, here's um, after you've listened to what they're looking for, you can say, and here's how I work. Here's what I do. And for some people, they're going to say, great, you know, that's what I've been wanting. And for some people, it's going to push them away. And I highly encourage people that to remember that that's okay. Uh, not every person that you talk to will be your client. 
Right. And it's best to connect with those that uh, identify and say, yes, that sounds like what we're looking for. Um, I think we could do business together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, I'm sure you agree with this, that we are interviewing people as much as they're interviewing us to see if we want to work for them. Absolutely. That's a huge part of it. And in fact, I, I wouldn't necessarily like tell couples that like, you know, hey, I'm interviewing you, you better be on your best behavior or anything right. like that. But I do kind of joke with them if they're just like, well, this is your interview. And I then I'll kind of joke back with them and be like, well, it's your interview too. Like, I got to make sure I like you guys as well. Um, and then it just kind of lightens up the mood with things. But it does remind them that it is equal parts on both sides. And when both sides recognize the value of what the other person brings and values that, then that really can make for a great relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's pull in the uh, process factor. So we've determined who we want to serve, how we want to serve them, how we can be a magnet for our ideal clients. How does process fit in with that? So I think one of, one of the biggest issues that I see with photographers these days is that they are very much caught up with uh, strategies and tactics, and they tend to focus and rely on tactics and strategies instead of focusing on the processes and systems um, that really become sustainable long-term parts of a business. So what I mean by that is, you know, someone will say, oh, you know, I'm, I do Facebook ads and they've been really successful. And it's like, okay, well, great. Well, what happens when Facebook ads aren't doing quite as well for you? What happens when they change? You know, I, I think part of having a, a good, well-rounded business is having multiple ways of things coming in and understanding how each of those pieces affects your business. And so the whole process part is kind of breaking down of, okay, this is one part of our business. And instead of just using all these tactics and strategies, how can we make them uh, repeatable, profitable, sustainable? So that way uh, we know that we can basically kind of put our business almost on autopilot when it comes to our marketing, our financials, all of those other things. And we can focus on instead growing our business and not spending so much time in our business. I think my listener may have some clarity about, about that. How does process fit in? Can you give me some kind of hardscape on that? What you mean by process? Sure. I know all of this seems very abstract now, I promise. I'm going to give a concrete example here in just a minute. Um, but so purpose, we're identifying kind of like, what is the reason behind doing what we're doing? There, there needs to be a reason behind it, not just because some other educator said to, um, it, it needs to be actually having a specific purpose within our business. So once we identify what that purpose is, we now need to actually put it into practice and create a process for it. So let me give you an example here that will hopefully make this a little bit more tangible. So I really like to help uh, photographers see how could they use their CRM. So something like Sprout Studio, Tave, um, it's basically management for your photography studio. How could you use that to help serve vendors? So help serve others. So an example of this might be that you create a gallery 
that is just for one specific venue that you photographed at. Maybe you photographed there once, maybe you photographed there five times, it doesn't matter. Let's make a gallery that is just for that venue. So let me break down then how purpose and process fit into this. So the purpose for them is that for the venue, everything is in one location. It's easily accessible for them because not a lot of other photographers do that. Um, usually they get multiple emails, they're all over the place and it's tough for them to track it down. So giving them one spot where they can easily find your photos is going to make it more likely that they're going to end up sharing out your work more often. And so that's the purpose behind having a gallery that is just specifically for that venue. It makes everything really accessible for them. And in turn, they're more likely to share out some of your work. So then the process part for that would be, I have like a three-step process that I would do. So first off, I would, of course, create the gallery itself. The second step, creating a short written explanation and like video demonstrating for the venue how to access and download the photos, because a lot of the times it's different for every different gallery host. And then step three is like the really, really important part. And that's actually reaching out to the venue, asking them to show them the gallery links in person and explaining like, hey, all of your work from all the weddings I do, they're all going to be right here and easily accessible for you. Mm. By doing that, so you've helped them by making their life easier. You've also made your life easier because now everything's in one place. And you've also now formed a connection with the venue by making it easy. So that's how you can use purpose and process to take something that should be kind of simple but really try to get the most reach out of it. So what is the end goal in creating? So your purpose is to serve the vendors. Maybe you already said the deeper purpose on that. So the purpose is I'm putting, I'm serving them by making their life easier. I'm putting all of the photos from different weddings and I'm going to put them all in one gallery instead of multiple galleries. That way they don't have to worry about keeping track of all of these different links from each wedding individually. Got it. I assume though, the deeper purpose is to have a great relationship with a vendor who refers you and make it easier for your brides and grooms to hire them too, because then you get to work with people that you love working with. Absolutely. Am I right on that? Yeah, absolutely. So that's really the deeper part of it, which is it's going to help you build that relationship with them. And that's why I said in step three there, it's really important that you either, uh, obviously we're in, we're in COVID time still right now. So um, if you need to do it virtually, you can, but to actually like get that FaceTime with the venue uh, owners or staff and have some time to show them and be like, hey, here's how you access them. Here's how you download them. And from there, obviously that's gonna get some conversation going between the two of you mm -hmm. and hopefully start building that rapport. And so something as simple as a gallery can turn into an established relationship with multiple vendors and mm -hmm. venues 
and can really start to help you reach and branch out and connect with your ideal clients that you've been trying to get in with. So it's something that I think a lot of people think is a very simple, uh, maybe even shallow kind of task process, but really there's a much deeper meaning behind it all. And when mm-hmm. you break it down and actually take everything to the next level there, it allows you your reach to go so much further. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really start building those relationships that you mentioned. Right. So back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, I did weddings <laughs> and we didn't have these. Um, but my process when I met a vendor that I liked, tell me if I'm on track here, is I, I called them, sent them an email, said it was great working with you. I made some prints. I made sure that like if it was a florist or a cake baker, I made sure that I took some special photographs and I made prints and made a folio, hand delivered it to them, um, sent them three leads right away. Um, so is that does that fall into what you're talking about? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're you're taking it like out of this world now. I mean, that's like a whole nother level right there. Um And I, in fact, that's what I recommend is that once you get just that initial contact of like, hey, here's the gallery, you know, then the next conversation should be like, hey, I see you have some empty walls here. You know, I'd love Mm -hmm. to help decorate them with some wall art or, you know, oh, that table over there, I'd love to give you an album to help show off here. Right. And so, you know, the gallery is just a very small step in this whole bigger process of getting your foot in the door and connecting with these people, because all you're doing is saying, hey, how can I help you? I I want, you know, I want to help you show off your venue. I want to help you attract clients and show all the amazing things you do here. And when you do that, uh, venues are going to be very appreciative and they're going to be willing to return that by sending you some business as well. Right. And as I mentioned, uh, if people are newer in weddings, they might not realize the joy of showing up to a wedding. I'm sure you do, Scott, where it's your florist, your DJ, your cake baker, (laughs) the, the church you love to work in or the venue. And it's like old home week instead of having you know, a whole bunch of strangers that you're trying to like juggle a thousand things and make art out of it. So it, even if I never got any leads from those people, I personally love to, to have that experience. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've made countless connections over the years and, you know, some of them I know probably aren't going to benefit me. Like, through, through leads and all of that. Like there's a few bakers locally who I love to death and I will refer people to them all the time, but you know, they're probably not going to be sending me, you know, clients for photography because they're, they're bakers. Um, But it doesn't change the fact that I've made some great friends for life. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that I can, of course, get some sweet treats whenever I need them. Yes. And actually, Scott, my first alliance was with the cake baker. And we doubled each other's business in wow. two years. Well, because, so never assume because no. you never know how that relationship can take you. Yes. She referred me exclusively, not exclusively, but like, oh my gosh, Lucy's amazing. You got to work with her. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's uh, 
was it? Oh, it's called Flower Power, F L O U R, <laughs> in San Diego. And they're still, they became an empire, pretty much sold the business eventually. But yeah, you just never know because you would think people would already have a photographer when they're looking for wedding cakes, but we helped each other in a big way. So tell me if I'm right on that. So whatever we want to do, and we've got a purpose, the process is that we figure out the step-by-step steps (laughs) and, and kind of formalize them so that you can, you can be sure that you cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Is that can you- yeah, the, the process part, I think, is where a lot of people kind of cut themselves short of just how far they can take things. Mm-hmm. So like with our example, you know, I gave three pretty simple steps as to the process that I would do. And then you even talked about, well, then, you know, I would make prints or, you know, even talked about albums or different things like that. Um, it's really taking a good hard look at that process and saying, okay, I've done the basics here. Now, how can I really elevate this to another level to really Mm -hmm. help show them the value of what I'm doing, give as much as possible to them. And in turn, you're usually going to be rewarded in the end. Right. Um, And so that's about how I kind of put the purpose and process together is how can I help them out? How can I go about doing that? And then it's once you've done that is kind of figuring out, okay, how can I repeat this, systematize it and make sure that I'm being consistent with it? Because that's the next area where I see people tend to drop off at is like they do it once or they they do it again, but not quite the same way. Mm-hmm. And then they don't get those same results. Um, and it's not saying you're going to get the same results every single time, but it is important to be able to keep track of your process and how you go about doing things. And that way you can actually sit down and analyze, well, am I getting results with this or am I just kind of going through the motions with it? Um, I think it's really important to be able to quantify, you know, where you're getting leads from, where your money's coming from, all of that. And so that's a huge part of it as well. So for example, uh, the reason I did the whole example of using a gallery with a venue was because that's what got my foot in the door when a new venue opened up and I did, I think it was like the fifth wedding there ever. And um, they just really appreciated everything. And we started talking and I started doing more and more for them. And I have now been on their preferred vendor list for five years they have sent me over a hundred thousand dollars worth of referrals since then. Mm -hmm. And it's a venue I love to shoot at. They've been nothing but wonderful. Um, And we have now built a really strong relationship because of that fact. So, and every year I have certain ways that I go about helping them. And so it's really important that, you know, you can kind of track and, assess and keep adapting to make sure that what you're doing is getting you results because if it's not then you need to start changing it up because clearly something's missing in your process right so i'm going to loop back to my first question then which was people who think oh i can't get the 3900 to 6000 wedding in my area what i'm hearing is when you have your processes in place 
And especially this is a really juicy area in the wedding world, which is building great relationships with the vendors who are having the clients who would be investing well in photography and everything else. That is how you're going to attract that $6,000 wedding is having the process, having systems in place to attract those leads. Am I connecting the dots well? Yeah, I would say the the other big thing is that um, referrals that come from venues, not always, but usually um, the venue has usually, you know, spoken about you. They've kind of talked you up and um, kind of elevated your brand already just mm-hmm. through their recommendation. And so that right there, um, you know, should automatically elevate your price point if it's not already. And, you know, if think about it this way, if, if a couple is going to be spending, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 on a wedding and uh, the venue gives them a list of recommendations, the, the couple's going to be a little questionable if they go to contact you and they see, oh, only uh, $2,000 for photography. Oh, okay. Well, that seems awfully cheap compared to all the other vendors we've talked to on this list. Like mm-hmm. everyone else is, you know, four or five, $6,000. So there, there must be something kind of off there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you get referred by venues like that, it's a really, really big Uh, kind of stamp of approval uh, that, hey, you know, this person has, uh, they're established, they do good work, we trust them, we back them. And because of that, you know, yeah, you're probably going to have to pay a premium, but we promise it's worth it. And, you know, that $3,900 is all of a sudden, it's just like, you know what, well, if our venue recommends them, then it's probably going to be worth it. So let's at least make sure we talk to them. Right, right. So understanding this more clearly. uh, So for example, just again, see if I'm on track here. So one of the things I recommend to my coaching clients, and yes, this is pre-COVID and that will be ending eventually so we can get back to this, but to do donations to charities. And I hear so many times and I see in Facebook groups, well, I tried it, didn't work. And when I analyze with people what they tried, I see those gaps in their system and their process. And um, so clearly I've been doing it. <laughs> I just <laughs> don't have the, that uh, same focus on, on or the, the name for it, which is a process. So Scott, I really appreciate you kind of getting it out to our photography community that we need to set up those systems step-by-step. And then I really love that you said, and keep adapting. Yeah, I think that's the really big key part is that, you know, I see so many people say, oh, I tried it. When you really dig deep, it's they tried exactly what someone else said worked for them. Mm -hmm. And that whatever worked for someone else is not always going to work for you. And there's a good chance that it probably won't work for you because you don't have that same business as that person. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as you're doing the purpose stage of things, you really have to dig deep as to, you know, how is this part going to be run or how do you want to look at that within your own business? You can't go by what other people say because your business is unique to you. And so you have to make sure you adapt it 
and then you have to try it and trying it once is not enough. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, it's sometimes things take, take a while and not everything's going to be a hit, but if you actually take the time to track it and then adjust it until you start to see some success, or if maybe after a while, you know, you've said, Hey, I've tried it this many times. It's not working. I've gotten help on it and it just doesn't work. Okay. Well, maybe at that point, then it's, it's not a good fit for you. Right. But then at least you can say that you have the data to back up the fact of, Hey, this is not the best route for my business. Got it. I mean, I do think that there's tried and true things like in the world of doing charity events. And at the same time, you know, what you're saying is it has to be a good fit. At least that's what I'm hearing from you. It has to be a good fit and you need to do it your way. Yeah. And I really think that truthfully at anything could be successful in anyone's business with the right adaptations and coaching Mm. from, you know, a true professional. Um, But that doesn't mean it has to be. So, you know, for me, I'm not a huge like lover of Facebook ads. I, I run them and do them from time to time, but I'm not crazy about it. But I know other people that are absolutely crushing Facebook ads and they're doing great with it. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, figuring out what feels comfortable for you and what works within your business. Mm-hmm. So I've done a lot of thinking on ways that we can market our business out in the real world, meaning getting away from the social media And I really like the example that you have here, because to me, creating a gallery and then getting in touch and getting in person with a vendor is like putting on your shoes and dressing up nice, getting out there and becoming more known as a real human. I think there's a lot of power in that. Yeah, it's a simple step that sadly I feel like has kind of died out with the newer generation. Um, I'm not saying everyone's not doing it, but it's really something to get some actual FaceTime. And not, I'm not talking about like the Apple FaceTime, like right. <laughs> real, real actual face-to-face interactions um, with other humans and people who you know, are in positions of power in the industry right. where you can both be benefiting each other. And Uh, Once you start establishing those relationships and understanding like, hey, this is my purpose of helping them. This is how they're helping me in turn and making sure that that keeps going. uh, That's that's something very powerful that keeps your business around for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think being someone that gets face to face with people actually gives us a leg up because so many people are running their marketing and their business at the computer until it's time to photograph. You know, it's it used to be normal. Now it's kind of radical <laughs> to yeah. actually I mean, do those things. people's emails, they just get, uh, they're just like, oh, cool. We got a gallery from someone. Download the photos, toss them in a folder and you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you actually get a little face-to-face time with uh, the people and can show them, hey, I really love this. I really think this showed off this area of your venue. Um, is, is there anything else I can do to help you? Things like that. That's what really helps start setting you apart instead of just being like, oh, great. Another gallery from Scott. Great. All right. Archive that one and we're done. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, it's about time to say adieu. I have two questions for you. Sure. Um, I know you have a special offer. So what is that and how do my listeners find it? 
All right. So I have a little guide about how you can use your CRM to help serve others. So like I talked about a little bit today, I have a lovely little uh, diagram that actually kind of breaks down the whole thought process. So in a lot more detail than what I went into on here. Um, so if you were like, I'm not quite sure what you were talking about there, I promise go grab this freebie guide and it will show you all broken down. And the cool part is I even made a blank one for you in there. And that way you can start using it however you need to in your business to kind of go throughout that same process of, you know, what is, what am I trying to do? Uh, what's my purpose for it? And then breaking down that process and then also even extending that and taking that to the next level. So, so if it, <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do totally we find free that's i know that's totally free there so <laughs> but how do we get there so you're going to go to purpose and process um so it's over there and i also have a facebook group it's purpose and process mastermind on facebook um, basically if you go to the website and sign up there or you can join the group it'll ask for your email and that's because i'm going to send you that guide there so either way you can grab that and uh, start trying to implement some of this within your own business there. Awesome. Okay. So my last question is, is there something that you wanted to share that we haven't touched on or just a last word that you'd like people to uh, take away? Sure. I would say, um, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, the, the unpopular opinion that I want people to keep in mind and something I wish I had known as I started to really grow my business was to stop constantly consuming education and actually just take what I know and just start implementing it and start seeing how that is affecting my business. Mm. I think so many people and my, myself included, I was so guilty of this for so, so long was that I'd be like, oh, new course here, uh, new course here and new course here. And before we know it, we're sitting on all these courses and we get all excited to start. And then we get partway through it and that excitement dies. And then we're on to the next shiny object. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not actually moving your business forward. So that's a great tip. Yeah. And I'm saying that to someone who is going to be offering a course. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but, but the reason why is that like my course isn't going to be built specifically on, hey, consume information. It's going to be all based upon action along with group coaching, mentoring, accountability factors, um, those types of things, because I feel like that's something that's missing. So right. before you go spending your money with other educators and courses, um, I also always tell people, talk to that educator, like directly. If they won't talk to you, first off, don't give them your money. Mm. Uh, and also ask them like, hey, here's where I'm at in my business. Um, is your program or is what you're offering, do you think it will be a good fit for me? And if they immediately just say like, yes, I would run away personally. I really mm. would. Um, they need to be able to say, well, I think this could help you, but I also talk about this and maybe this isn't a good fit here. You mm -hmm. know, there should be some things that aren't always going to be a perfect fit that should make you consider if you should spend your money. Right. And if, if an educator is not willing to do that and give you some non-opinionated feedback on that fit, um, I would really have to question whether that's a place you should be spending your money. Right. Yeah. I've definitely recommended that people not hire me after we've had a chance to have a good 
call because they may be not quite ready for that or they're in a different direction or you know lots of different reasons so i'm glad to hear that that you're like that as well that you want to be a nice fit for people so uh everybody stay tuned for my wrap up and scott i just want to thank you so much for being on the show and passing on such great wisdom and i'm sure my listeners are just full of full of ideas and probably questions for you so i'm sure well come on over to the facebook group grab the freebie and uh ask away as you know i'm sure many of you will see in the group it's uh it's a mastermind, which means you're free to ask questions and I'm there to hopefully give you some answers. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much, Lucy. I appreciate it. So before I give you the quick summary, just a reminder that I'm inviting you to sign up for a free either website evaluation or price list evaluation and just contact me, Lucy Dumas at Facebook, Lucy with an I and or lucy at lucydumas.com send me an email i love this conversation didn't you (laughs) i think it's so fun that he took his seventh grade managing chaos skills and became a highly successful six-figure wedding photographer in not very much time it sounds like so We talked a lot about process and purpose. And what I heard from him is that first we need to set up our purpose of anything we're going to do. And so once we know the purpose or the goals, then we set up the step-by-step process that is going to get us to that goal. And that step-by-step process is Uh, I would call it a living document (laughs) where when we try things and we find something that's not quite working, we think of other ways to refine our process. So he gave the example of if we wanted to serve uh, vendors, if we're in a wedding photography, or I think children, pets, there's, there's lots of specialties where a vendor could uh, get some value from what we're doing, but particularly he was he was pinpointing uh, wedding vendors, and that his first step in his process is to create a gallery, and then the second one is to create a video to help people know how to use it, and then to invite people, and he was recommending getting together with them in person so he can really show them and kind of keep blossoming that relationship. And he talked about part of the process is that we have to be able to quantify our success so we know where the money's coming from and so we can keep adapting. And then his last word was to stop continually consuming education except this podcast, of course, she said, wink, wink. (laughs) Um, But start implementing what you're learning and seeing what happens. So it's great to get education, but action is important too. So that's it for today. And thank you for listening. 
We now are in 71 countries and counting in that. I love to travel, so I love thinking that my guests and I are traveling all over the world by these interviews and um, giving you a great big Happy New Year hug. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.